0: I was reading an article in Psychology Today magazine just a few days ago, and they were talking about the, the psychological and social dynamics in a post-COVID world, America, and how that we in America, we are normalizing things that we were introduced, but it's no longer just the COVID season, it's becoming a part of American culture, a part of family culture. The article went on to say that basically that psychologically and socially we are in a shutdown mode. We've moved into a lockdown mode. We are are normalizing things that we're not just going through this season. It's now a part of our culture. 2008 was the Great Recession. They're calling 2021 the Great Resignation. 92% 92% of every employee in America, according to the article, they're wanting to leave their job and go to another place of, of employment. 95% are actually looking at a completely different career path, where before they might have been happy, but we have normalized distance, shutdown, and officing from home, and, and all of the pressures of this season, and, People are saying, I don't enjoy what I'm doing anymore. I'm not fulfilled in this anymore. I need something else. I I, I, I want to get I want to get out of this. Sociologists are calling the year 2020 as the lost year. I spoke to an educator in the church the other day, a teacher. She said, My third grader's coming in, they've lost the year. Their second grade was was so difficult from trying to learn at home. She said, "I'm having to catch him up two years in one year," and that's exactly what they're referring to it as 2020 as the lost year. In Luke chapter number 15 in the Gospels, Jesus gave parables in that chapter: a lost son a lost sheep and a lost coin. I wonder if Jesus was writing that right now if he wouldn't have the parable of the lost dream. People are not dreaming anymore. We have gone into a spiritual and a psychological shutdown. People don't dream anymore. People are not setting ambitious goals anymore. We've just kind of gone into a season and a moment of malaise. People are, they have the blues today. Now, I hear people say, some new variant comes up. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Just so, and they're, they're caught in the routine. People have the, they just have the blues. I've decided that people have the blues on every day of the week that begins with the letter T. Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Tundy. People have the blues. I think there's gonna be a new show in the fall called Fifty Shades of Blue. Because people have lost the glide in their stride. There's no longer pep in their step. We have normalized not having dreams. And we've gone into a shutdown mode. May I appeal to us, don't go to that dark place. Oh, I know in the the physical realm and the health realm, some have underlining health issues. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritually and emotionally shutting down. And some of us think that God's kingdom has gone in lockdown. God's dream, God's purpose, God's will for your life has not shut down. God's not gone out of business. God is not in lockdown. The kingdom of God is still alive and still thriving today. And I invite you to know and experience what God has for you. The other day, I looked at my cell phone, and I saw something that I have seen so many times before, a familiar message, but it, it had a new meaning to me. It said, missed call. And I began to think, how many people have missed their calling? How many people have missed God's call? Oh God, I can't. Oh God, during this season, I it won't work. God, I'm not able to because of the circumstances and conditions, situations in our culture right now. What's going on? Lord, I can, and we have missed God's call. You're on God's call list. Hello, you're on God's call list. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 9, Adam and Eve sinned. And when they were hiding in the shadows, the Bible says that God called unto Adam. God called unto the first altar call in the Bible. God gave it. God is calling. Some of us have sensed a stirring Some of us have sensed in our heart that we're missing out, that God has something more. But we've kind of got in this locked down, normalized culture we can't do. But you're sensing something on the inside. God is stirring in your spirit. It's God calling you. In Scripture, there are three primary calls that are given. The first is the call of salvation. The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts us and draws us to Christ, draws us to the Lord. Yes, that's a calling. It's in your heart when you realize life isn't functioning, God has something more, and all of a sudden you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to Jesus, and you invite Jesus into your heart. That's a, that's a call. In fact, the The portion of a service, a church service, that we designate for that response. We call it an altar call. The call of salvation. There's a second call. It's the call of discipleship. Every Christ follower, God calls us to be more like him. God calls us from where we're at to a growth point. That's that stirring in your heart when you say, you know what? I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. I, I, I want to do a better job in this area of my life. I, I feel like there's an attitude God wants me to jettison and move past. There's a, there's a, area of my life I'm not proud of and I know it doesn't honor God and it doesn't please me and there's a characteristic and idiosyncrasy or something that kind of bothers us and we hang on to we say I got to move past that it's called spiritual growth the call of discipleship for that we have life groups you've heard me mention it before if you're not in a growth path if you're, not, if you're not in a path of becoming like Christ, you need a life group because in life group, people grow together and people grow in God. Wednesday night, we call Wednesday equip. We have classes. I teach one here in which we're just involved in discipleship, helping people become more like Jesus, helping people appropriate in their life what it takes to live the life God has called them to be. But there's a third call. It's the call to serve, and that's my focus today, the call to serve. Every one of us, every one of us, self-included, God has called us to serve him. There is a summonsing of the Holy Spirit. You've come to Christ. You're going in Christ, but it's not just about us. It's to serve others. In fact, at Westover, we say this, we serve God. By serving others. Could you say it with me? Let's just, let's just say it together here and now. We serve God by serving others. It's the call to serve him. With that in mind, I invite you to join me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. It's in that section of the New Testament, past Corinthians. We go to that familiar book called Ephesians. Go just a few pages further in your Bible and go to Colossians chapter 1. There are two verses that I want to highlight for our consideration in verse chapter 1 is verse 24 and 25. If you've read in your devotion the book of Colossians, you've read through this and probably come to these verses and say, I don't really understand it and just read on. I'll just tell you verse 24 is a very controversial verse. There are five different theories on verse 24. I'm going to read it in a moment and I'm going to share with you what I believe Scripture says is the correct interpretation of verse number 24. Some would state verse 24 teaches penance. What is penance? Penance is the idea That we need to suffer. We we need to go through some type of emotional or some other type of, of consternation to appease, to please, and somehow merit God's acceptance. That's penance. The Bible does not teach penance. But verse 24 is a verse that sometimes is used to espouse penance. So if it doesn't teach that, what does it mean? Stay with me, and I'll show you in Scripture what it means. Verse 24. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I fill up in my flesh that which is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. Pause a moment. Is he saying, Paul, are you saying that Christ did not suffer enough? That you are maybe I have to suffer more that Christ. Christ did not suffer enough for us. Is that what it's saying? No, it's not. Stay with me. Don't let me lose you. Let me just say emphatically, Isaiah 53 says that he suffered enough for all humanity. You cannot add to the cross of Christ. Jesus suffered a bloody cross, paid all the penalty of my sin. No more suffering, no more sacrifices needed. Jesus paid it all. But then what does verse 24 allude to? Let me share with you. It's right there in verse 24. Now I rejoice in that I am suffering for you. I fill up in my flesh that which is still lacking to, in regards to Christ's affliction. Notice this, for the sake of his body, which is the church. The apostle Paul saying I'm not suffering in order to get saved. I'm not suffering in order to appease God. I am suffering in order that the body of Christ, the church, may receive the full sacrifice, may receive God's full purpose. Continue verse 25. I have become The church is servant by the commission God gave me to present to you God's word in its fullness. There it is. What is the Apostle Paul telling us? He's saying you cannot add any suffering to Christ. No, there's there's not penance. I don't have to suffer in order to get God's love and God's forgiveness in my life. Jesus paid it all. But in order to take that message... And share it with the world so that others and the church may receive all that God has. Jesus paid it all. He suffered to bring salvation. But we must be willing to be inconvenienced to share the message with others. It's about sharing the gospel. Yes, there is a price. Somebody has to give an offering. Somebody has to serve in kids' ministry. Somebody has to serve in student ministry. Somebody has to distribute food to the hungry. Somebody has to put the Christmas lights together. It will require an inconvenience and a sacrifice in order to share the great message of Jesus with others. There are three thoughts I want to leave in our heart today. The first one is this. We fill our cups by serving others. We fill our cups by serving others. He says in verse 24, I am suffering and I fill up in my flesh that which is lacking. He said there, the message of Christ is, is given, the truth is given, but, but somebody needs to be inconvenient so that it can be spread to others. And the apostle Paul said, I'll fill my cup by filling the cup of others. Here's what God is saying. God is saying if you'll focus on the needs of others, God will focus on your need. And this shutdown, it's all about us. And the shutdown, it's about us. No, I'm staying away. I'm disengaged. I'm I'm not doing anything with anybody. And here's what God is saying. If you will fill somebody else's cup, God will fill your cup. That's what he is saying. Right now, you're saying, God, I'm empty. God, I'm missing something. My joy is not complete. And Paul said, I'll fill up my cup of joy by filling the cups of others. I call upon us. Let's focus on others. This past Thursday, this past Thursday, I was here putting together Christmas lights. I got in the line and they gave me my allotment of Christmas lights. So I grabbed my allotment of Christmas lights and looking for a table. There's one with an empty chair. I sat down, there was a young man at the table, a young lady over here. I started assembling my lights and I just said, told her who I was. She said, I know you, Pastor. My name is Jenna. Well, Jenna, good to meet you. She had a brilliant, warm smile. We began, to, Well, what do, you, what do you do? She said, I'm a... Aircraft mechanic. Well, if you can put airplanes together, you can put Christmas lights together. You show me how it's done. I mean, she could work the tools. She could do it. Then I asked her, I said, Jenna, tell me about how you came to Jesus. She said, oh, pastor, it was two years ago. Oh, I wasn't in church. I was making wrong decisions. And I reached a point, point in my life, I needed to turn it around. So I I gave my life to Jesus, and I started coming here to your church. She said, two weeks after I came to Christ, I started volunteering. Really? And she she just kept telling the story. Yes, I started volunteering, and I serve. I'm here tonight. I'm putting together Christmas lights that I've never done this before. I serve in this area. And she said, do you, do, you, do you know Gilbert and Laura? I said, Oh, yes, they're in our their first impressions team. She said, I love Gilbert and Laura. I, geez, they just encourage me so much. She said, Pastor, I'll tell you, I had a low day one time. And I was, I was having to work, and I I just was I, I had so many things going on in my life. I had so much stress. I took a day off. I missed the day pay. And I told them, I just have got to go to church and serve. I was supposed to work that weekend, but she says, serving just did something for me. When I come here and I serve and I do for others, it's just like my whole life is turned around. I walk away full of joy. And I said, said, Jenna, you represent everything the gospel talks about. You're willing to be inconvenienced. You fill somebody else's cup and God is filling your cup. Wow, wow what God can do. Ministry, serving others. Fill somebody else's cup. God will fill your cup. From the mint, two bright new pennies came. The value and the beauty of both were the same. One slipped from the hand and fell to the ground, rolled out of sight and could not be found. The other was passed from many a hand through many a change in many a land. The taxes paid, then used in the mart, then bestowed upon some pitying heart. At length it so happened as time went round, the long lost unused coin was found. Filthy and black, its inscription destroyed from resting peacefully unemployed while the well-worked coin was bright and clear through Acty's service year after year. For you see, the brightest are those that live for duty. Resting more than rubbing will tarnish your beauty. Amen. You see, some of us, We've got into a lockdown mode, and your joy is depleting. You were never meant to spiritually and emotionally lock down. And God said, fill somebody else's cup, and God will fill yours. Amen. Number two, I share with you. We belong to the church. And right now I'm going to ask the ushers to begin to pass out a card. They're going to pass out this card. It's about growth track. I didn't give this to you when you walked in. I want to give it to you now intentionally. Growth track. Growth track is how you get involved. It's your pathway and connection to serving at Westover. You hear me say it week after week on the platform. Every Sunday, across the hall in room 100, we have growth track. Next week is about serving. You say, I want to get involved. I want to serve. Then next week is about serving, and I'm going to invite you to go to Growth Track. Get connected. We have a, a class. It, it'll give you all of them, one to, to, to meet people, one to get in discipleship. Next week is about serving. In fact, the text number on the screen, if you'll text serve, it will take you to a, uh, a place to fill out information, and if you will fill it out, we will connect with you and help you get into serving. We'll help you connect with others. For you see, you and I belong to the church. That's what the Apostle Paul says here in, in, in verse 24. He says, we belong to the church for the sake of his body, which is the church. He calls the church his body. Oh, that's, that's familiar language to us, us that read the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The body of Christ. It's the analogy that is used in the New Testament. The church, the church is called the body of Christ. You don't attend a body, you belong to a body. My hand doesn't attend my body, my hand belongs to my body. I don't take my hand off and put it on a shelf. I don't take my leg off and put it on a shelf. It doesn't attend my body, it belongs to my body. Some of us say, I attend there, but you don't belong here. You need to start belonging. You're supposed to belong to the church. That's what God says. I belong to the body, which is the church. God intends that we belong. And if we're not belonging to the body, we're living an amputated life. Anything that's not connected to the body loses feeling and loses life. And that's some of us. You've lost your feeling. You've lost life. Why? Why? because you've got disconnected there's a virus going around oh it's not delta it's not reported by the cdc i call it the the connection infection people have got disconnected from the church they attend but they don't belong and then wonder why they're missing something. Wonder why I don't meet people. I don't feel connected. I'm not growing. It's time to belong. It's time to get connected to the church. It's time to interweave with the church. And that's what God has for us. Let me speak to the men a moment. men. Satan wants to keep you leery of the church. And he's done a good job. He's told men, oh, you can't and you're, you weren't raised that way and you, you, you're not into all of that uh, uh, outward show and emotional show. They, they told you and Satan's convinced you, All oh, they want your money. And some of us have believed and we have stiff-armed the church. You belong to the church. The church needs you and you need the church. Yes. Fellas, we need you and you need the church you belong to the church. Amen. Number three. Number three, I share with you. And it's what I opened with, and I'm just going to swing back to it. We serve God by serving others. We serve God by serving others. It says in verse 15, I have become its servant. What? Who? The church. I've become the church's servant by the commission, by the call that God gave me. He belonged to it. And he said, not only do I belong to it, I'm called to it. And the Apostle Paul said, I serve God by serving others. And I say, it's time to serve, it's time to serve. You say, I'm not talented, I'm not skilled, I don't know how. Do you know the word ministry ends with the word try? Come on. It doesn't, end, it doesn't end with the word perfect. It's many, try. Come on, try, give it a try. Ministry is, is trying and letting God use us. God work in our life. This Friday, 6.30, we're having what we call our team night. What's our team night? We're calling all of our volunteers in. Now, they're not going to do anything we're going to do for them. We're going to feed them. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. Team night. Team night is we're getting our volunteers, our serving team together. It's the persons with the badges on that you see here and you saw out in the hall, and those in student ministry and kids' ministry, those that have shown up and have did, done food distributions for us. It's, it's the worship team. We're, we're getting together to just say to our our team, thank you. We love you. We couldn't do it without you. You're special. We're going to celebrate them. Some of us, we used to be in the serving team. We, we were a part of it, but we kind of pulled away. It's time to reengage. It's time to reengage. You want to get back? Show up Friday night. You want to get back in your team? You want to get back in the flow? Show up Friday night. Serve. Yes. In fact, I'm going to make it easy for you. Say, I'm new to Westover and I don't know, I don't know where to where to serve at. I help me, help me, we'll we'll help you. On the number on the screen, just text one word, serve. If you'll set, we'll we'll make the connection, we'll follow up, we'll help you, we'll train, we'll guide you, we will support you. Because God intends that we serve Him by serving others. And I want to also share with you a new a new ministry we've launched. We shared it with you on social media a few weeks ago. It's a school of ministry. I recognize that there's some of us. Oh, we serve, we do, and you do a wonderful job, but some have, have, have a calling of God on your life, a calling into ministry. It, it, it could be full-time, or, or it could be it could be you keep your career, your business, but you you start investing significant time and energy into ministry. And you know that just, maybe just the serving occasionally is not enough. You you sense a call you say, I'm not sure what it all is. That's all right, that's all right. But you know that there's this this, every time you get closer to God, there's this stirring in your heart, God, there's more. There's something, God, I see myself doing something different from what I'm doing or doing something significantly in addition. Is it, is it running a feeding program? Is it, is it a ministry of foster care? Is it, is it going to Haiti and working in an orphanage? Is it being a staff? Is it pastoring a church someday? What is God saying to you? A call of God we're starting the school of ministry the gentleman over here Angus Davis been with us for years and I remember when he stepped in my office and his sweet wife and they were talking about the wrestling on the inside and I, I, I could spot it I could just see it but he was wrestling with God and I told Angus I said you've got a call in your life to ministry and you'll never be happy until you answer it he answered the call well we brought him on staff and Angus is now our director of our school of ministry. Angus, please share share what we want to do and help people with. Yeah.
1: The, the school of ministry has been designed for some of you today, when Pastor was talking, something raced across your heart. And you wanted to, as you said, Pastor, you wanted to ministry. ministry. You you wanted to try something. You don't know what it is yet. So many people have come up to me since we've talked about this. And and Angus, I know there's something, but I don't know what it is. School of ministry is going to help you figure out what that is while we, while we train you and equip you to find what God's calling you to. But school of ministry is also for those, maybe you've had a dream in your heart and for whatever reason, it's been put on a shelf. It's kind of been in that I missed my call. The school of ministry is for you. We want to reawaken that. We want to breathe fresh life into what God has for you. If you feel like God's calling you to something and, and you're here and you want to go there, the school of ministry is the ladder to help you climb in to what God has for you. We want to train you and equip you for whatever your ministry is. They're all valued. We want to train you and sharpen you and breathe life into the dream that God has for you. I'm going to be outside Right here by the resource center, Pastor. Yes. Right after this service. Come by and connect with me. Share. I've had so many wonderful stories. People have tears coming down their face. And some are just, they're kind of trembling. They got the queasy legs. (laughs) They don't know what to do yet. Come by and talk to me. I want to connect with you, and we want to help invite you in to the mission that God has for you. Amen. Thank you very much.
0: As I bring this moment to a close I'm going to invite you to stand with me and I'm going to bring this invitation you sense a call of God not because I spoke on it today but it's been stirring in your heart for a young adult maybe maybe for a couple of years now or maybe in, uh, some other adult for a decade you just you know that god has a kingdom assignment that's just so much more and and, and you don't know where to go you see, maybe you can't even define it but you say i know i have a call of god if that's you i'm going to invite you to step out right now and come and stand here i'd like to end this service by praying over you would you come you join me are coming. Let me say to thee. let me say to our church family, we're launching this. We believe God's in it. And I'm going to share with you. And I, I don't share with this to, I'm just going to bring the invitation. I'm going to bring, we've made a commitment to start this and move forward with it. And I will tell you right now, we just put a It's gonna cost us 40,000 to launch this, to get it going. And if God would speak something in your hearts to add, if you would give to the Kingdom Builders this weekend, Denise and I gave, we gave this weekend to the Kingdom Builders to invest in those, God's calling into the ministry. And if you would like to do that, the Kingdom Builders this weekend is dedicated to the School of Ministry. For those that are here let me share with you my home church I was 15 years old and I told my pastor God's called me into the ministry I didn't know what it was I, if, if, if I had to go through an interview I would have failed the interview what's your, what's your skill what are you going to do what's your next step And I, I didn't know I just knew what God had wrestled in my heart I'm sure there were some in the church that rolled their eyes. This kid, (laughs) we don't see anything in him. But can I tell you, my pastor believed in me. He pastored a little church in New Mexico that never grew over a hundred. But that man, that one man in a little church less than a hundred Put 24 ministers in the ministry, and I was one of them. He believed in me. He believed in me. I went back several years later and I spoke in the church and I thanked them. Thank you for believing in me because you believed in me. I've gone around the world and I've built Bible schools. I've fed the hungry on every continent. We have built orphanages, and I said, you did because you believed in me. And here's what I'm saying, church. We believe in them. They're going to go around the world. They're going to multiply. You collectively will do more than Jim Ryan has done in his entire life because God's going to multiply something in your life. And I speak that into you. I affirm the call of God in your life. You hold on to it. And we're going to, We're going to encourage you and invest in you so you can have the incredible experience of seeing what God can do. Let me pray over you. Father, for those that are standing here, they're vessels that are saying, God, there's more. Some are willing to walk away from everything they've known, everything they've trained themselves in, pivot. And do something different for the kingdom of God. They're willing God to lay everything aside to answer the call. And for some time they have, they have wrestled with this. They've gone from career path to career path. And it just, while their success, there's not satisfaction. Because of the call. And you've brought them to the kingdom for such an hour as this. I speak God over them. I speak into them, oh God. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, affirm today. Affirm that. Let them know with clarity. It's the call. It's the call that they bear. And it's like a mantle upon them. And God, that they would, they would serve you in the kingdom and be fruitful. I speak your blessing and anointing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to talk to to Angus, our director, he'll be out here. The rest of us, we, we, we know that you need to raise your cholesterol so we have donuts for you have a, you have a cholesterol deficiency so there's coffee and donuts in our lobby uh just pick out a donut buddy okay pick out a donut buddy have a cup of coffee and a donut god bless you go in the goodness of the lord